When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! A little baby black! Get that garbage out of here! <laughs> To Toronto Sport Matters podcast number 50, the Big Five Zero. We are joined in studio with Gregor Yerushadis and Christian Graf. Later, we'll be joined with the man himself, Javon Bigard. Fellas, how you doing? How you enjoying the summer? It's a hot one out there, folks. It's a hot one in here. A little bit of an understatement. Yeah, we're in a boiling hot uh, recording studio. Recording was at 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night. Shout out to Hard House giving us that space. Absolutely. Hard House Student Center. UFT, baby. C-I-U-T. Fuck UFT. Um, so continuing this conversation, <laughs> yeah. obviously we're in the middle of the summer. Podcast number 50. The idea was probably to get some like big guests in. Celebrate the, the 50 occasion. 50 podcasts. Thank you very much for everyone's been listening. But luckily enough... There is news everywhere in the NBA. Literally every single time I refresh the ESPN homepage, there is another tidbit of news information about basketball. So why not start it off with the most obvious topic? Obviously, it's a Toronto Raptors podcast, but there's so many bigger things in Toronto Raptors basketball, especially within the last couple of weeks or so. So let's talk about LeBron James. LeBron James. The king. The king signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. Christian, what is your first impression when you read the ESPN feed, the Twitter feed, the Clutch Sports Twitter feed when he announced that he is signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I think I most people had a feeling that he was going to go to the Lakers, but it was still a shock to me when it actually happened. I was still shocked that he did it before there was any other moves. Like it was sort of the first piece yeah. to drop before anything else happened. And then, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but it was still shocking to see it. And then after, like the after effect of just the team that's been built around him, it's, it's puzzling to me. It seems more like a personal move more than anything else. Mm-hmm. I know he has two homes there. He's got businesses there. His friends there. His kids are going to go to school there. So if anything, it's kind of more of a personal decision, I guess. Well, the big thing was like, you know, Michael Jordan taking that 1.5 years off to pursue the sport of baseball. Maybe similar situation with LeBron James, but instead of pursuing baseball, he just pursued like pursuing sort of self-branding, living in L.A., you know, living that sort of lifestyle, um, not being in Cleveland, basically. I agree. I mean, anything is better than Cleveland in terms of living, I think. And there's <laughs> nothing better than L.A. It's just, I mean, it's better than the Clippers, I think. That's a better option than going there. He has, It's a better brand in, in the Lakers. It suits him more. And he's got Magic Johnson there to support him in the front office. I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's a plan because to me it seems like oh, next, next year is, is sort of a write-off. It, like, I don't think they're... Getting even into the playoffs, I hate to say, with their current no. roster, they come what eight? They're getting in the playoffs. I know they have LeBron. They have, they're obviously getting it. But I it, find the the Rondo puzzling. signing is so confusing. It's so redundant with Lonzo Ball as a point guard. So now you have you know two ball dominant point guards who are incapable of draining the basket twenty feet consistently. Right. Well, they don't have any shooters. They also got Lance Stevenson. I mean, they still- which I love. I love. I love that they got Lance Stevenson. The, the, the ear blower, LeBron James and Lance Stevenson and LeVar Ball. Like, it's going to be an incredible situation from a narrative perspective. But, Greg, like, like the on-court play, like, how do these guys meld together? <sighs> that That's going to happen. Like, Rondo, high IQ, LeBron's a leader. I think Lonzo Ball likes to pass the ball. Like, it'll be showtime again, baby. My, look, my first reaction was the bastard did it. The son of a bitch did it. Like he, uh, we, he, there was rumors, right? And, you know, but no one really knew for sure, especially because they didn't get that big name free agent to come. But no, the, the son of a bitch did it. 
it was a foregone conclusion last season, but we went through all this posturing this season. We're like, oh, he might be going to Philadelphia. The, he might be going to Clippers. But ultimately, in the day, the Los Angeles Lakers was LeBron the James' reason, home. The, the reason it, it it wouldn't, or there was this kind of drama around it, and people didn't think the Lakers would fit, is because they just don't have enough pieces, as Graffin mentioned, to be a contender. Right, that if LeBron indeed wanted to chase rings and the ghost of Michael Jordan, he would need to go to a place that gives him the best chance to win championships. Mind you, if he gets Kawhi Leonard beside him, they have a chance to win a championship. I think this year, we're I think all they have a chance. That. We're all waiting for that to happen, right? We're all waiting for that wash bomb of Kawhi or LA finally makes the deal with the Spurs. But the asking price is ridiculous. I just wanted to ask you quickly, Brandon, what did you think about the contract number? The four years, 154, 38 and a half million per season. Um, the man should get paid. I think he's, you know, in so many situations, specifically Miami, I guess, coming to Cleveland as well. He sacrificed individual games, contract in order to bring in other guys like Chris Bosh, Wayne Wade, etc. throughout his tenure his career. This is the one opportunity I think that he should be a little bit more selfish, especially in the waning years of his career. 33, going to expire, what, 37, 38. He needs to maximize his potential earnings and he needs to take advantage of the situation. I, I, I want to bring it back to Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio because I think the winner of LeBron James signing the LA Lakers ultimately is R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich, and the San Antonio Spurs because they're in a situation that they know that that the Lakers need to get Kawhi Leonard at all costs and they can increase the asking price because the initial package was centering around Kuzma, Hart first and now they can definitely ask for Ingram or Lonzo Ball in this well, situation. Okay, the, according according to, to grade A journalist Stephen A. Smith, okay, the king of gossip. See, your, your favorite, your favorite member of My sports media. My favorite member of, 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 of sports media. It's the biggest like love-hate relationship I can that's possibly right. imagine. But, no, that, you know what? That's actually right. Uh, he claims that the the talks are stalled because the Spurs are asking for, quote-unquote, the farm. And he goes on and he's like, you know, they're asking for, for, for the Kuzmas of the world. The, right? The so, Kuzmas so he of the said world. that Ingram is, is like... Ingram is in for sure, and it's a matter of what else. So they, so they're offering Ingram, um, maybe like Hart, and then I picks. don't necessarily agree. I but, think but I, they from, want Kuzma. They from, want Kuzma. They want see, Ingram, and they the, want picks. That's the absurdity of the situation. I don't know if you agree with me, Graffin, but Kuzma is a guy that I, in my opinion, I wouldn't say is plateaued, but he's kind of reaching toward his max potential. I think Brennan Ingram is a hidden gem in that sort of farm system you're talking about. I think Brennan Ingram has the superstar potential over the guys like you know. Lonzo Ball over guys like uh, sorry oh, Kyle Kuzma. Want nothing to do Even, with Lonzo Ball. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, he's also sort of redundant with Jante Murray in the backcourt. Another non-shooting, you know, and he ball brings, he's point not guard sti- as well, it's right? not their style. But but uh, but they want so they want Ingram and Kuzma, and okay. that, I think that's the stall right now. If you're the Lakers, right? Do you make that trade? Be- and, and see to me, you said at the beginning of this that. It's sort of the Spurs who have all the leverage. I think it's the other way around. I agree. See, I was going to say, I think the Lakers have all the leverage here because they know that no matter what, if they just hold out for a year, Kawhi will most likely come to them next year when he's a free agent. Mm -hmm. I think the Lakers can afford that. I think that they've spoken with LeBron and that's a risk that he was willing to take. And that's why I say I don't think they're really going for it. As long as you're not, as long as they understand the fact that they're not chasing a championship this season, you're right. But I don't think that. I don't think that at all. Obviously, well, the way shooters. they're compiling roster makes no sense whatsoever. But I think Magic Johnson, LeBron James, a team with LeBron yeah, James has to be contending for the championship. And, that's the number and, one thing yeah, you'd be thinking. About. I I agree. I think actually, you know, they said they talked to him, and let me tell you that dinner that that Magic and LeBron had, man, like that was the sealer for all of this. And this was obviously a plan, but. I think that they discussed getting another big name star there, right? Because you're right. Those two guys are about championships. But can we just say, I think what got LeBron there was magic jingling those keys. He was giving him the keys to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You want to come to LA? You want to become a media mogul? You want to become a big time? You want to become old white man rich, like wealthy? I can connect you. You're going to have Jack Nicholson courtside. You're going to have producers courtside. Mm -hmm. A billion dollar Nike contract helps that suit. Well, but you know what I mean? He's going to be in the limelight uh, like he owns a talent agency, right? And again, the keys to the kingdom, man. He's well, got, interesting. He's got when, all the inside tracks now. When all the dominoes started to fall with free agency, you know, obviously the first one to go <laughs> that was, was Paul George, right? <laughs> you know, Magic Johnson was sort of mentioning prior to July 1st that, you know, if I'm not going to be able to bring a superstar to the LA team, 
I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna quit my job. I'm That's gonna leave I mean, the organization, yeah. right? So Paul George was his first domino to fall. I think when you're right. talking about sure. like speculation and sure things, Paul George to LA was the most logical fit, and he just threw a fork in the whole road sure. and signed with the OKC Thunder. Mm-hmm. So him getting you know LeBron James is just a massive, massive, massive like I, I'm I'm shocked he was able to do it considering that they didn't have any sort of additional superstar pieces around him. That's what I'm saying though, man, because it's about the brand. And they worked it out, man, right? Uh, and they both are going to benefit immensely from it. I think LeBron looks up to him a lot. He knows he could connect him with a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? I think it's a like, I don't know, Showtime though. Like, time is back, baby. I like the idea of San Antonio getting a guy like Brendan Ingram in the mold. Like, I think Greg Popovich to. and just the ability to, like, that. Like, but it's not enough, right? Raffin, what do you think Brendan Ingram's long-term potential upside is comparatively to other guys? Like, do you think he has a Kevin Durant sort of, like, top five potential? Or do you think he's a complimentary, like, 1B star kind of guy? I think he's a more of a 1B. Yeah. Um, again, he's re- he is really, really young. So he has time to, to come into the league. But I think with Superstar, you see it right from the beginning. Like most superstars in this like league, Mitchell. right from the rookie season, they mm-hmm. are. They like Durant are right the was much better than Ingram. Yeah, exactly. So rookie, already with the struggles alone, he's not. Uh, it makes me think it's a one B sort of ceiling. It's mentality, right? He can be a top twenty player in the league in his prime mm-hmm. if he like. You know, look at look at how much Demar has grown, right? And and in the right system, I think it makes a lot of sense. But I'm not trading like Kawhi unless I'm getting something legit back. I'm not letting the Lakers fuck me if I'm San Antonio, like. I almost like I know it's bad from a business perspective. I'll send him anywhere they give me the best offer and, and fuck what he wants. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I think the Spurs. I mean, he's kind of screwing them over. Why wouldn't? Yeah, the same it's thing? a difficult situation. Like what well, say like Presty was mentioning you know, the other day. Like scared money don't make no money. You know what I mean? So like if you like you gotta make the jump to get Kawhi Leonard, but that's you know coming off like a pretty catastrophic hamstring injury or quad injury rather. Um, you know, obviously in the last year of his contract, not knowing if he's going to stay with said team and he gets traded to, it, it's a lot to invest in a lot of uncertainty. And I don't know if too many teams are going to be willing to offload their future. Like, I don't think the Celtics would consider trading Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for Kawhi Leonard. No, I think they're in position of, I mean, Danny Ainge said it earlier that we have good players. Like, look how far we got already in now an even more wide open Eastern Conference with what we have. And we still have two all-stars that didn't play. But I just wanted to go back to the Kawhi Leonard on, on LA thing. LeBron James has always had that sort of level of control, like as a GM, we've known that like his whole career. Do you think he's going to have that in LA, like with, with magic being there? And do you yeah. think he's trying to get Kawhi Leonard right now? Yeah. This whole thing was a Godfather play, man. They had it all worked out. So is, do you think LeBron's actively pursuing magic to get, or getting right magic now, to pursue I, Kawhi? I think that LeBron's camp has long been in conversation with his Kawhi camp. Leonard. I love that. That's well. He has like a like a an entourage, right? Well, He's you got a posse. Sorry, is the question you're asking who is holding the sort of uh, keys to the uh, the future of the organization? Because in my opinion, in the situation, it's Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, some like I'm not gonna I'm not saying it's single him. Genie Bus, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, The Lakers' history. You know, maybe Kobe Bryant was talking to LeBron prior to coming to LA. But just the respect I think LeBron has for Magic Johnson, why he came to this organization was, you know, his ability to create his life beyond the basketball court, thinking about his career after basketball and having a mentor like Magic Johnson. I think it's just the pure respect he has for Magic Johnson. So the direction the organization it's going to take in the future is all indicated by Magic Johnson's decisions. I don't think that LeBron has as much control in LA that he had in Cleveland. Oh, no, no, certainly. Like, I don't, yeah, like, not in, he doesn't play the, he won't play the GM role. But, but he'll like, play the coach. Look who the coach is right now. It's Luke drafted Walden. the same year as LeBron James. Yeah, so he'll be the coach, which is the hilarious. de facto coach almost. You know, with a player like that, you don't want to overcoach them, right? So you. Well, that, that stat that you said right there, that Luke mm. Walden was drafted in the same year as LeBron James. And what, what was he drafted? I think he 31 picks after LeBron was taken. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic. Right? But and but also, look, young coaches have a way of connecting with um, with their players, right? In a way that sometimes, you know, you see it with DeMar. I mean, that's why we wanted Stackhouse, for example, right? Like more of a, there's more, they see eye to eye more. So it could be that, you know, LeBron and Walton have a really good relationship, much like him and Ty Lue did. <laughs> Right, maybe uh, a little more power on the bronze side. No, I, I think I think Walton's ten times a better coach than Tyrone Lue, but that's obviously my biased perspective. I'm not the biggest Tyrone Lue fan mm. in the world. I'm not a big fan of a guy who wears his dead uncle's fucking pajamas on the sidelines every you basketball game. You underestimate the subtle <laughs> genius of, of one Tyrone Lue. 
Uh, uh, I, I, genius, <laughs> lo- 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 loosely stated. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, it, it's like the the NBA is playing 2K right now. Um, everything is up in the air. We're we're gonna bring Javon and very briefly uh, to talk about this. But um, an- another obviously splashy signing is Demarcus Cousins. We'll save that one for Javon and have a discussion. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors. I'm gonna briefly. grape on that too. B. The Raptors for a second. So obviously we haven't done much. We brought back Fred VanVleet in a very team friendly two year, eighteen million dollar contract not committing to the player kind of like Norman Powell. I have a lot of belief in Fred Van Vliet, but, you know, he could regress next season. You never know what's going to happen, right? So I think it's a very safe, team-friendly contract. The big thing I like about the Raptors is a guy we got, an undrafted player that from Arizona who many pundits predicted would go in the first round. That's Raleigh Elkins. Very Lance Stevenson, six foot four, 230, very low center of gravity, could develop into a multi-dimensional lockdown defender at the one-two guard positions. Um, what, what gets you excited about this team moving forward? Especially with the whole sort of landscape of the of, you, of, the, of you know, LeBron going to the West, you know, Boogie well, going back to Golden State, well, you know, the only viable the contenders are Philadelphia and Boston right now. What's your impression of Toronto next season? But, Do you think we can make it to the finals? Uh... But that's the thing. Rejoice, Raptors fans. Rejoice because the king is dead, at least in the East. Yeah. Right? Like, I I think the whole Raptors fan psyche, Brandon, would be way different if we didn't run into this guy the last two years, if the, if, if the matchups had gone differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so, so that's first off. He's not there no more. And that doesn't mean that there aren't up-and-coming teams that will be better than last year's Cavs. But, you know, it's going to be a, a whole different battle next year. But I will say... You mean Nick Nurse doesn't get you going? You mean Nick Nurse doesn't excite you? He does. I think you know. You know, I, I obviously, um, you know, comparatively speaking, he's no Mike Budenholzer, but uh, no, um, <laughs> no. I, I think I think a breath of fresh air. I think a, like a sort of exono tactician is yeah, a necessary Budenholzer change. Light. Diet Budenholzer. Um, will be it'll be interesting. I'm more interested to see what Dwayne Casey is going to be able to do with the Detroit Pistons organization because and, there's and still I, pieces intact with that team. You know, they talk about a pretty a formidable team. front court. They got Drummond and Blake Griffin and a couple of young guys that still haven't maximized their potential. And that's the guys like Luke Nard, Henry Ellison, and Stanley Johnson. So I think you know we're talking about Dwayne Casey. His whole mo is maximizing everything he get from his players on a nightly basis. I don't know, Graft. What do you think about Detroit's? potential to make the playoffs this well, year. Well, first of all, I think the first, just to go back, Fred Van Vliet, I think they learned from the Norman Powell contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think they gave him a two-year contract instead of a four-year, just just in case. Just in case something like a Norman Powell happens and he regresses. And yeah, I do think that, uh, you know... What uh, gets you excited? Well, no, Dwayne, I mean, Dwayne Casey, well, Nick Nurse... Dwayne I, Casey I, gets excited, eh? I, no, Nick Nurse, I, I dis, I'm, I'm disagreeing with Brandon. He does not excite me as a coach. I mean, I know he ran the <laughs> offense last year, but now I worry... You're not what, a fan of, happen? like, Idaho basketball god Nick Nurse or no, Iowa. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And I think the Detroit Pistons are going to finish in ninth next year. I think they're going to finish in ninth exactly like they did next uh, this year. Look at the teams ahead of them. Like, they're not beating teams like Milwaukee, who finished just above them. Like, Washington, maybe. A lot of teams it, have gotten better. and we're But we're going to get into that, right? Like, the other Detroit free agency. But, but going back to Nurse, if we could, you know, it's funny because... The way he coaches, like apparently he's behind like our offense this year. He's very dynamic. Like he's got lots of ideas. I think I think what Ajiri uh, revealed about him when he uh, had him in the uh, the press conference there to introduce him was that he values him as a tactician and as a quick thinker and as mm-hmm. an outside the box thinker, right? Like a young-ish modern coach. Whereas Dwayne Casey is like a relic of the past, like as Brian says, a leader of men, but not as adjustable on the fly, et cetera, et cetera. But the way that Nurse coaches, Graf, is what you'd like to see, right? Like, is it not a sexy, you know, I guarantee you you're going to see JV, you know, just blossom, right? I mean, you're going to have, right? It's going to be an up-tempo offense. You're going to see DeMar uh, in, the, in, the, in the sets less, right? So the ball's going to be flowing. There's going to be less set basketball, less of that high pick and roll, you know, yeah, yeah. With the, shouldn't with it excite same, you? With the same roster as last year, it's Budenholzer <laughs> and the worst coach. But okay, and... but that roster, okay, that roster. Will I think collectively they'll be better? Okay, uh, and that roster got you sixty, well fifty nine, right? All right, guys, we're gonna yeah. take a quick. How bad li- could it be? 
We're going to take a very quick pause briefly. Uh, literally, we're not going to have any music, nor we're going to have any seg- sequence, but what we're going to pause. What 50th is this? We're going to pause. Spoiler alert, it's going to be bad. <laughs> we're going to pause it right now. Uh, we'll be back very briefly, guys, with Javon Begut. It's so hot in here, guys. And we are back, folks. We are joined in studio with Javon Bigart. Javon, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Busy week, but I made it. Sorry I'm late. All good, all good. So we got the four-man panel going on right now. So let's continue the discussion on the NBA free agency. Obviously, the other big free agent signing this week was DeMarcus Cousins signing a $5.3 million one-year contract with the Golden State Warriors, rejecting a two-year $40 million contract on the Pelicans. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins missed the majority of the playoffs and last or late of the late last season uh, with Achilles injury. Traditionally, uh, basketball players don't really return into peak form from Achilles injury, not mentioning seven foot tall, 300 pound centers coming back from Achilles injury. So a lot of uh, risk involved with the signing at $5.3 million. That's ridiculous. I'm going to say one thing before we sort of chime in about this. Is it fair for me to say that it was more important or more impactful rather that Boogie didn't sign with another team as opposed to him signing with the Golden State Warriors. Like the, the value is like him not going to another organization as opposed to the value of him going to the Golden State Warriors. You know what I'm going with this? Like yeah, by him I, not signing with another team. He made them only incrementally better. He could have made another team exponentially better. Exactly. That's okay. That being said, look, I was going to do this for my grade, but I got to get it. The, the, this is because this is a big deal. Okay. People act like it isn't, but it is because you just took the best team, like arguably ever, and they only had one little weakness, and that was that they're soft inside. They don't have they don't have the capacity to go at you with the traditional big man. If you had someone like Joel Embiid, you could really punish them. You, you can't do that anymore. They don't have a weakness anymore. And you know why? Because the New Orleans Pelicans disrespected the man by only offering him a two year forty million dollar contract. I was gonna say, yeah, who's who's to blame for that? It's not Golden State. It's the Pelicans. It's everybody in the league. Yeah, I mean, there's a 15 teams I read in the league that had a no boogie policy before the injury. Before the injury. Just because of his attitude, the way he is, they don't want him in the locker room. There's a lot of GMs that are against that in general. And then mm-hmm. you add on top of the fact that he tore his Achilles, like Brandon was saying, a 300-pound person coming back from Achilles injury. First, second, Dominique all, did it. And third of all, you're not getting him until January. Yeah. So you're, you're yeah. wasting sort of half a season. So there's three reasons right there, and I, apparently that put all the teams that didn't want him from 15 to like 25. You, t- you already talked about the Pelicans, and then Julius Randle became available, so that they, they all of a sudden pretty much abandoned Boogie in free agency. That, and everyone else kind of, like, the Lakers had a chance, but they didn't want to take the risk, apparently, because in January they weren't going to get him. Every team had their little reason. Golden State, it kind of fell into their lap. But you're paying him as much as Serge Ibaka? Like, yeah, you offered him as care. much as Serge Ibaka? Like, that's ins- if I'm Boogie Cousins, I'm insulted, and I'm gonna, and my trump card would be to go and do what he did. Exactly. So, so just, I can't blame anyone. Sorry, throw it to Javon really quickly. Javon, yeah. what do you think about the like the locker room dynamic of having a guy like Demarcus Cousins? Because David West is kind of famous saying toward the end of last season, "You guys don't know the inner locker room turmoil the team was facing." Does the inclusion of a very volatile presence like Demarcus Cousins impact this team negatively by having him in the locker room? I don't think it can impact them negatively. Think about it. You have four leaders in the room, in the locker room, who've all, you know, held their own at different points of the past four years. And all these guys, you know, they're no slouches. They don't need him. Like, they, they, they don't, don't need they don't. him. And if DeMarcus Cousins is a problem, they'll call him out. And if he acts bench up, him. if he acts up, it's not even about benching him. He's got to be on best discipline because the whole thing out. this year, buy him out. he What's has to show that he's a max-worthy player this year. Exactly. And the one-year 5.3, so he's got to be in his best behavior, and he also has to be efficient on the court as well. You just exactly. need him in the playoffs, Golden State, that is. Mm-hmm. Like, he has the best situation for himself, right? He can rehab at his own pace. The Golden State doesn't even need him. They don't, But that's the reason why it's perfect for Boogie. Exactly. Right? Like, he doesn't need to come in and all of a sudden make an impact right away on a team or anything like that. He can really slowly ease into the system and learn it, and then by the time the playoffs come, uh, Golden but, State's going to be unbeatable. I'm, but I'm listening to my blowhard sports journalist, Colin Coward. Coward, okay, and Stephen A. Smith, and they're like, oh, why is everybody freaking out? Let, let, wait, 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 wait one second. Let's not call them sports journalists. Let's call them members of the sports media, okay? Because the whole different separation <laughs> between hats? writing content and talking about sensationalistic bullshit on Sorry, your own talk show. my bad. I was listening to my two favorite hacks, and they're both like, 
like their same gripe is just freaking out about the fact that people are upset that of course the guy's the best center in the world okay, so, even so, if so, he so, comes back at 80% right he's an amazing passer and he's an amazing screen setter the Warriors are unbeatable I got I got to tiptoe that one for a second Colin Coward yes Stephen A. Smith was an incredible crime reporter back in the day he wrote some incredible pieces as a journalist so I can't discredit him that much but the way he's transformed himself into a media pundit is maybe I gotta uh, see if he, blasphemous for his past I gotta see if he sensationalizes crime reporting like he does his basketball no he was a really, really like even like I, I I still assume he's a very well endowed credible writer I just think he's leveraging oh, yeah. what people <laughs> want right now uh, anyways, uh, so yeah, Bullshit. DeMarcus Cousins, Warriors. Parody obviously doesn't exist. Foregone conclusion, Golden State Warriors are winning the NBA championship. Can we just ignore unless, the regular season? Unless they have five uh, injuries to uh, Clay, uh, Durant. <laughs> to the starting five? To the starting five, pretty much. If the starting five goes down, no, no. chance. So one of those team plane crashes. Oh my God, Greg. Let's ignore that uh, little subject right there. If I, um, no, no, Brandon, no, 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 there needs to be a team like the Memphis Grizzlies. There, there needs to be one team compiled with the sole intention of going out and just banging against the Golden State Warriors, like diving at their knees. Like get one <laughs> shitty basement dweller in the Western Conference, get all the thugs, get Tony Allen out of retirement, and just attack those motherfuckers. Like you know that there is going to be an injury when you play the set team. Lead them? No, there's a team that can beat them. Uh, if um, you better not say the Toronto Raptors. No, I don't think Houston can beat them <laughs> now. Uh, no, I think if Kawhi Leonard goes to LA, I think if you have LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard, they can beat any team. I think if Kawhi Leonard goes to Houston, they can beat him. But I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I think they have a better chance than LA of beating them if he goes to Houston. Put it that way. Yeah, they'd have more of a supporting. I just think it you would put be those two players together. That's like MJ and Pippen, man. Like those two together. Like like you're talking about the two best wing players in the game. In a, in an and, era where that's like so valued, and Lance Stevenson. What do you think? Any chance? I mean, there's a chance at least. I don't I see mean, any other chance for any other. You team. know, I'm thinking long and hard, and I don't think there's a team in the NBA this upcoming season that could beat them because Kawhi's not going anywhere right now. It seems like he's stagnant in. Uh, well, in San you know, Houston was a big name that was mentioned, but you know, they obviously lost a guy like Trevor Ariza. So let's flip the conversation to another team, the Phoenix Suns, who obviously made a couple splashy moves in the NBA draft, getting DeAndre Aiden number one and trading up to get Mikhail Bridges from Villanova. Um, you're also talking about giving a max contract to Devin Booker. Uh, the rotation is rounding out right now, and they also gave a one-year $15 million contract to Trevor Ariza, like I mentioned earlier. Christian, do you think this team is in a position right now to be a playoff, not say contender, but a playoff team, make maybe eight, seven seed or teams like Denver, the Minnesota, even the Oklahoma City Thunders of the world? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's the goal, right? Like, I, I don't this think year? this year, I don't think they're contending at all. And I don't, I, the Trevor Reza, it's a one year deal. The so final line between that. contending and making the playoffs, yeah, I'm saying exactly. can Phoenix just, make the playoffs? Because I think they can. I definitely think they can. I, I, mean, they I don't talent. think they're going to make the playoffs. When pigs it's, fly. It's pretty hard to be worse than they were last year as well. Mm-hmm. But again, well, all be they better. need to see is their rookies develop and get Devin Booker to develop. Nope. He's what, 24 now, 23? No, Josh like Jackson. Josh Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Josh. Like, again, so like, young. they just need to show progression. Mm-hmm. That's all they really need to do. It, the worst thing that can happen is if they turn out to be sort of like the Minnesota Timberwolves where there's internal combustion and then you give Wiggins a big contract with they did Booker and all of a sudden he comes out not as good. Like they need to make sure that they just, everybody progresses. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest step. And then DeAndre Ayton, I truly believe could be like a Shaquille O'Neal in, in this league. If he comes out in this first, you know, 10 games and dominates, he'll have that confidence right away. And I think that'll just set him right away to being a good team that's really hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Phoenix can make the playoffs next year. I think if the coach gets everybody on the right page, and they figure it out in summer league and they get better. And with the addition of Trevor Ariza, he reminds me of the, the same kind of thing that uh, uh, the Sixers did last year when they signed uh, J.J. Redick. Mm-hmm. You know, just a one-year guy, get a get a guy, a glue guy in there who has experience and he has, you know, uh, the wisdom and the leadership to be able to help that 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 team come together as one. Uh, and also Tyson Chandler. Is Tyson Chandler there next year? I, I'm not. Quite, I think he's still in the organization. Sorry. But you're you're right though. It's getting guys like who fit that three and D mold. The Trevor Rezas, the Mikhail Bridges, Fill in the gaps, so. and then the Josh Jacksons. You can never have too many long, lanky, multi-positional, versatile players like that. Sorry, I might I might miss something. L.A., San Antonio, OKC, Utah, New Orleans, Portland, Houston, Golden State. Yeah, exactly. I'm, they're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Like I, ne- the year after, yeah. I can see that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it, but it may be a very difficult road I'm, to get I'm not to. Too I, high I on I'd be I'm not too high on Portland. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan of Portland. That's right one now. team that could drop off. I think their whole success is more or less predicated on the improved play of Zach Collins, though. I think Zach Collins um, is a guy, in my opinion, that can definitely um, help move the needle for that organization. You're talking about the evolution of the game, and you're talking about a guy in Zach Collins, and in my opinion, is the evolution of the center position. A three-point shooting, shot-blocking, competent low post defender that is in my that, that guy is a mold of the where the center position is going and if he puts up a 15 and 10 sort of nightly competent greg's doing some hand gesturing towards his girlfriend right now so i'm getting very distracted She's from pissed. it um but anyways no zach <laughs> zach collins uh is the only reason why i think portland can do it. okay it's so moving down the list we're talking about the indiana Pacers go to the eastern conference tyreek evans um signed a one-year 12 million dollar contract um sort of betting on himself uh, sorry about adjusting to the... Uh, I, I like guess. that. Yeah, it's a fantastic play because you got the safety net of Darren Collison and Corey Joseph in the point guard position. You also have... Um, you, you, you also have, sorry, uh, Tyreek Evans and um, Victor Oladipo as sort of like combo guard, point guard, ball facilitator players as well. They've Christian, what are, your, what are your thoughts on the well, uh, Tyreek Evans like, the Pacers? They're new Lance Stevenson, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's... I, I honestly, I love Tyreek Evans. I think he... I had him in fantasy basketball for like four years in a row at one point and he was a triple double machine like he's, triple double he, he got like he got like a lot like in his earlier years a bit, i thought I he guess, was just like an instant offense guy no 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 he, he gets the ball around well, the biggest like, issue with him is career is that he couldn't shoot but last yeah. year i think he shot like what 38 percent yeah, of the three-point line so he's you know a great get, defender very under and, and he's like the point sort of forward like yeah. you know off guard yeah. but can still facilitate the offense still make yeah. plays kind of in the mold of like he's like a rich man's evan turner I, i'm pretty glad he didn't go to like a team like the 76ers mm-hmm. like, i'll tell you the fact that he went it doesn't help that he went there but the, it, it kind of bounces that makes them the better though i think it does it's an upgrade on lance stevenson for sure yeah because Lance Stevenson was also like a, a, a missile. He could either explode with you or he'd do damage on the other team. So it's good to have, uh, it's good, it's good to have uh, a guy like, uh, you know, uh, Tyreek Evans to replace Lance Stevenson. I like that move. It's I really love that he's move. playing with LeBron now. It's going to be so good. No, but uh, hey, w- what do you guys also think about the, um, the Dwight Howard to the Wizards thing? To m- that's an upgrade for them. And I should correct really, me if I'm wrong. Not really. No, uh, oh, wow. Fortat? How? Sure. No, definitely not. No. Yeah, they're the same player. What the, the only fuck difference are you talking is... about? Dwight Howard's whole MO and the reason why he's on a valuable player, regardless of the numbers he puts up, is his inability to adjust to the modern game. The guy is a low post banger. He's, no, but he's, that's what Gortat was. Yeah, but Gortat didn't need possessions. Dwight Howard's going to fucking moan okay. and bitch and complain okay. a lot so while yeah. getting enough touches but every that's single a person, night. Okay. So, but that's, gonna, that's a big negative. From that's a, a talent negative. standpoint, it, I think it does make them better, but Greg, one of the last three teams he's played for, and has he made any of those teams better? No, but it's because, like you say, he wants the ball. If They've he also can never sacri- had a good point guard. If he can sacrifice, yeah, like John Wall's going to yeah. Screw but you say you say sacrifice, Walker. so you say sacrifice yeah, at the age and how long he's been in the league. He was keep in mind he drafted one year after LeBron James. When is that guy going to get to the point where he's willing to sacrifice his own stats for the betterment of the team? It's a similar situation we saw with Carmelo Anthony. He has not made any effort whatsoever to do his entire career. So how can you justifiably say that it's a better There's signing over a guy like Marcin Gortat, who, in my opinion, epitomizes team play because what he did and the reason why he got trained in the first place. The whole situation was that you were John like Wall, this. Yeah. He called out. He called out John Wall for his lack of hustle on defense, and John Wall left the meeting, basically calling. It wasn't his lack and, of hustle. And it was him not being, you know, passing and being a good. He's selfish. John Wall's selfish. I heard defense. Whatever. That's irrelevant toward the discussion we're having, though. The, the issue at hand is that Dwight Howard may be the mo- a more talented player than Gortat, but when it comes to you know him's ability just to make the team cohesive, team better, a team yeah. that's been marred with sort of personality conflicts between Beal and Wall. How is this guy going to improve the identity? If he can of the check his personality, I think it's it's a good signing for them. But yeah, he's a wild card, and I hope to God him and, and John Wall will blow each other up <laughs> for the Raptors' benefit. Always, brother. There you go. All right, no, Chris- I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Just to continue on that thought, I'm more with Greg on that. I actually like Dwight Howard on the Wizards. I think it's an upgrade for them over Marcin Gortat. You know, I think of back in the day when Marcin and uh, Dwight Howard were on the same team in Orlando, and it was. You know, Marcin would come in for for Howard, and I feel like you know, even though Dwight Howard has taken numerous steps back after his Orlando days, I feel like 
the last three years, he's actually gotten progressively better. And I think he has adapted a little bit. Yeah, think, since the Lakers. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Anyone, anyone who's... Okay, that you guys are clearly going home every single night and playing like NBA 2K14, if you want to Because that's the most incendiary, asinine comment I've heard. No, we'll see. We'll this see. This entire day. Like, with Dwight Howard, like, what can he do? He's still a physical presence. He can still grab rebounds. He's not as athletic as he was back in his Orlando days, but... This is nothing you know, to do with talent. This is nothing to do with yeah. talent. If he, if he checks his... Sorry. Uh, if he checks his personality... Uh, sorry. If, if he checks his ego, at the door. If he can find a way to just rebound and run the floor, all he has to do is just run the floor with John Wall, and he's going to get spoon-fed buckets. Yeah. Right? He's Sorry. Three seasons, so it's really yeah, but 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 right? but now he's at a point where, like, he's got to see the writing on the wall. Like, I know he's dumb. Yeah. I know he's dumb. I've heard him talk. He's dumb. But how... Like at some point it's survivalism. If you don't survive, you will, you're not going to be in the league anymore. Next year you're going to play in China, brother. Hey, I mean, so, okay, so... There was one report out that the Warriors had declined the option of getting Dwight Howard. So I guess my question is, do you think it's more of the system? Because I think if he did go to Golden State, he actually would have been successful. Before Boogie. This is before the Boogie signing. If he went to Golden State, I feel like he would have been successful in that system. I think he would have been a better player. I think he would have made that team better than Zaza Pachula. I think it's more like Washington internally is just a mess. And I don't think he's going to make anything better. If anything, he's going to make it all worse in the long The thing is, Graffin, I think any Good. center can go to Golden State and, and, and be successful. Look Brandon at, look at JaVale McGee. Center. Brandon can play center. Look at JaVale McGee. He was, he was a write-off. He went to Golden State. He still looked clumsy. But because he's he, a mopey little bitch, and I don't think he should be on him. many teams. Like we're, we're not using bitch on this podcast. <laughs> so you, bitch, just, bitch, bitch. All right, uh, moving down the list, DeAndre Jordan going to the Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, the biggest thing about DeAndre Jordan was how he was like locked into a room. Mark Cuban was driving to Los Angeles. The Clippers guys flew in to try to convince him to stay with the organization, stay with the team. Um, so DeAndre Jordan electing out of his player option a one-year, twenty-four million dollar contract. Greg, show me some weird sign. I'm not twenty-four sure million. Um, <laughs> That's a so, lot of money. Yeah, but so but you got to understand the player option he declined going into yeah. was what twenty-four and a half, I yeah, think. Exactly. So he's not going to decline the player option to go to a team for less than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it makes sense unless the Clippers were able to trade him, which clearly wasn't going to happen because I don't think they wanted Wesley Matthews' contract, right? Correct. Is that basically what happened? So yeah. So DeAndre Jordan, Dallas Maverick. I don't know how he fits in the front court. I don't know what Dallas was doing in the first place because clearly this is a sign that they're trying to compete. And we'd already talked about how stacked the Western Conference is. A team that's kind of competent, like the Phoenix Suns, realistically is looking from the outside in. Dallas is. There's not cast many aspersions right here. They're not making the playoffs, even with the inclusion of Luka Doncic, even with the evolution of Dennis Smith. Um, That's a sick backcourt, man. What do you guys think of Dallas Mavericks' prospects moving forward? Do you think? What do you think of DeAndre? It's it's confusing, right? Am I am I the only? Am I not? I don't know. Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Harrison Barnes. That's four players in the top five that could be really good. uh, Dwight Powell. Yeah, but it's it's the same. Christian, it's the same thing. We're talking about the Phoenix Suns. It's all. It's it's you know on paper it's great. In yeah. the Eastern Conference to be a playoff team, I, I think not Dallas. Make, I just think Dallas will do better than Phoenix next year. Even like you have more faith in Phoenix, I have more faith in Dallas. But it's an argument, though. It's a conversation, right? It could go either side, right? Very similar situations, right? Dallas yeah. is just filling holes right now. They needed a big guy, a big presence, a rebounder, somebody who can you know grab the offensive boards, kick it back out. And they have it now. They have and cap room, right? They also traded their first round pick next year because for the uh, opportunity to move up to Luka Doncic, I think it's top five protected as well. well that was genius by doing that. Like what only if, only of Doncic as well. Yo, what uh, to me? I'm like I'm looking at at Atlanta and being like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, I don't know. I I, th- I completely disagree. I think it was dude. well worth the risk. Uh, you're taking a risk on both players, on Trey Young and Luka okay, Doncic. Look, well, what, what do you what do you what's this, I can't remember the guy's name again. The guy formerly from the Golden State Warriors, Travis Schlenk, yes. who's the head of the Atlanta Hawks right now. He's trying to so create. he's trying to emulate. He drafted Kevin Horder, I think, yes. at 19th overall. Like he's trying Thompson. to get Trey Young. He got Amari like um, Spellman in the 30th overall, who's like a Dream pretty Hong decent Green. playmaker from a low post. So it's like a like a homeless man's version of the Golden State Warriors. Yes. But he's trying to like why not? T- I don't. Yeah, you're right. Like I don't. I don't like. I think it's worthy okay. to make the gamble. If and Dallas is not good and they get that pick next year first round like 8th or something, that's going to be a great trade for Atlanta. Um for with Trey Young, what is his like like what is his upside? Like, you know, Steph Curry, 30, it's 30 points, 10 assists a game. I, what are we talking I, I about? Don't, here? <laughs> I don't see him. I don't think he's going to be Steph Curry, okay? But that's his upside. But that's okay. You but you can, like so you could put him in a mold, right? You you could see an archetype. There is no archetype for Doncic. Like he's he could be Larry he's Bird. a phenom. 
He was a phenom. Right. And you're, you know what I mean? Like, like Young was a big name college player, but you have the opportunity in Doncic to draft someone that could be like an all time great. Like that's how that's his uh, potential, right? I, I don't know how you say no to that potential. I'm I'm saying no because I've seen a little bit of Doncic. I just don't think his game's going to transition. Listen, in my, I've said this before. My like, situation, I yeah, would take athletically. I would take Doncic no. over over Trey Young. Let's not confuse yourself. I would take Luka Doncic over DeAndre Aiden. I was I've been high on the guy for about a year now, and I still think he was the best player in the draft. But I'm saying in the situation that Schlenk was in, where he basically made that like that that core of that team mm-hmm. drafted Steph Curry, guys like Clay Thompson. These weren't home run top three picks. These were guys that he just felt like would be able to be professional good competent basketball players in a similar situation the gamble is worth it um, there are risks associated well, we'll with Dantic, but also getting that first round pick as well yeah beyond RJ Barrett yeah, no, next year's yeah. going to be a great draft no, that, okay that in that sense it's true but I mean for if you're Dallas I think it's genius because you're backcourt like that backcourt Dennis Smith and, and Luca is going to be you just got to hope Luca. Doncic is actually the player that everybody hopes he's going to be. But what do you want from him? You just want a playmaker, right? Some guy, who, a big guard who at could bring the ball up the court. At least he'll be a playmaker. You need, you need at least the playmaking skills, yeah. Sorry, uh, we're, we're doing a four-man panel right now, and Javon is clearly... Not, I think Greg has, like, the mic, like, tilted more toward his face, so I'm having issues kind of pulling it. Oh, the sultry, the smooth, beautiful voice of Javon. Me. There we go. Yeah, well, how did that happen? It just kind of randomly happens every single show. <laughs> closer and closer and closer to your mouth somehow. All right, That's so okay. let's move down the list. We're, let's talk about Julius Randle replacing Boogie Cousins on a very team-friendly two-year $18 million contract. Julius Randle, the former seventh overall pick. Uh, competent big man, good in the low post but I talk about his skill set he's on a great rim protector nor can he drain the three-point shot guys how do you think he's going to fit in besides and beside Anthony Davis and also we could talk about Alfred Payton coming in replacing Rojan Rondo which Christian's probably a massive fan of because he's not the biggest Rojan Rondo fan in the world let's just say that he's a hater because <laughs> he sucks <laughs> um yeah Julius Randle needs to model his game after Draymond Green and if he could do that he'll have success in the league Pretty much. Easier said than done, though. Court vision, IQ, playmaking ability. Intensity. But he has the same size and he has the same uh, physical makeup. So, you know, if he wants to be successful in the league, that's who he's going to have to turn into. And, I mean, Draymond Green's not the greatest three-point shooter. So, you know, but if he's able to, you know, control the ball from the high post, make good passes, attack the basket. I mean, last season, there was flashes of brilliance from him. Like when Mm -hmm. all the guys went down and they were giving Julius Randle more more touches – you know, I seen potential in him. I actually like this game a little bit. You know, especially yeah. with his his high energy, his motor. And so. you need someone with strength to um, complement AD's length and athleticism, right? So, I mean, and he can stretch it a little bit, not quite to the three, but I think he actually does add a little bit of strength to that front court. I like that pairing. It's just that what are they paying him again, Brandon? Two years, eighteen. So they give him nine. They give him nine million a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's that's pretty good money. I, ju- I just feel like New Orleans, similar with in no, vain to Portland. So I feel like New Orleans, similar vein the like, uh, Portland Trailblazers, similar in vain to the Denver Nuggets, are another team that could be surpassed by the aforementioned Phoenix Suns and the uh, who else we're throwing out there? Not the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, right? Like it could happen. Like you, not you, this year you, though. I, I, I can't. Yeah, say but it, it, the the whole situation depends on Drew Holiday being able to carry the momentum he had from last season over to the season coming up. You know, Drew Holiday is a perfectly decent point guard, but he never really showed what he did last season in his previous past. A, a, a lot is. A lot has to happen to ensure the same sort of success as last season. Well, look I, is play- that fair for you to say? I mean, I just think I don't think they're trying to mimic the season last year. I think they're trying to mimic the playoffs now, right? Mm. Like they're trying to go off that sweep of Portland, and they did everything without Boogie. So they're just trying to figure out how to fit Julius Randle into that same system. I don't think it's really like a big drastic change. Like if anything, I could see Julius. Do you think he's gonna play the three there, like starting three? Because Mirtich and, and Anthony Davis he, are going to be the four the and the three. five. He can't play the three. Right. So, if anything, he might be coming off the bench. That's, yeah. a, that's a great point, though. Like, that was the biggest issue with the Falcons last year is that, A, they didn't have a bench, and A, they didn't have a competent three. And I don't really think they improved their organization that much. I think Rondo to Payton, regardless of Christian's biasm, is, is is a drop-off, obviously. And, and losing Cousins to Randall is another drop-off. So, how is this team better? And how is this team still a playoff contender when we're talking about them being a fringe, fringe playoff team last year? I think when they add Julius Randall, they're going for a positionless basketball kind of 
strategy. But so, the guy can't really shoot from a, beyond 15 feet. But everybody and else can. And he's a very slow, everybody else can, though. sloth type player. Everybody else can, though. And I think he Alfred Payton can't. Alfred Payton can't. Their point guard can't shoot the ball, I, I think, even from 12 feet. So sub in Julius Randle for Alfred Payton. You have uh, Drew Holiday. You have Anthony Davis. You have Niritich. And you have another shooter on the floor, and you have that, that, basketball. That, okay, regardless of what Anthony Davis' foot speed is, you got two massive guys playing the four position who have who? terrible foot speed: Nikolai Mirotic and Julius Randle. Julius Randle is quick. He's not slow. He's quick. He's not quick enough he's to play at three or guard the perimeter at three. No, I think he can. I, think I don't think. Can. I don't. I think I he's think been. Be the, ma- he's uh, been in the league long enough to show that he can't do that. He's not a. a, a he can't guard the perimeter. Uh, he, he can't guard threes in the NBA. But I don't. Let alone the majority of fours. I think in the NBA in stretch four. Let Anthony Davis play the three positionless basketball, baby. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think with Julius Randle, like we haven't seen his his peak yet. I don't think we like what yeah. we've seen in the past is not like what what he is. I still think he has time to develop and I still mm-hmm. think he has time to get better and maybe the match, the, his time in LA wasn't the perfect match. Yeah, because so. the one thing the one thing I'll say is he's never really had anybody to learn off in exactly. LA his whole career really, right? Like he's kind of been doing it on his own. He's always been thrown under the bus as like the guy who's never really made it like you said. Mm-hmm. I think here he gets a chance to learn from someone like Anthony Davis. It's who just regardless he, is going to make him a better all-around player and it's a superstar. Davis a is superstar. younger than him. No, I, but it doesn't matter. Way 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 better than him. He's Obviously, Davis all-star. is younger than Greg, him. Greg, stop grabbing the mic and Davis back is younger than him. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But Davis is younger than everybody though. Like he's just a freak of nature. And that's the thing, Brandon. No matter what, with the Pelicans, and he's not younger than him, by the way. He's he, twenty-five. Julius Randle's twenty-three. All right. If that's is it, if, correct. If if AD I think it's like is on one that year team, off, though. I think Brandon, it's like a month if, thing. If AD is on that <laughs> okay. team, that's all that matters. I win, huh? If AD is on that team, that's all that matters. We'll see what happens. Like that's a top three player in the world. And sometimes players just need a, a change of scenery, a new home, just to you know start fresh and a new coach, whatever it might be. And you never know, like. Like with Julius Randle, like we don't know. All right, in my opinion, let's we're rounding up the free agency. We got a bunch of Julius Randle nut just huggers over here. Note, Anthony um, Davis bought a home <laughs> in LA recently, so Anthony Davis, I think, might be at risk of leaving the Pelicans. He's going to the Bulls, baby. Uh, some important re-signings. Obviously, we talked about Paul George. Uh, anything else you guys want to throw at this? Okay, so he's not making the playoffs next year. Oh, you're crazy! Don't talk. I see a big year from the Thunder next year. The healthy Robertson. Hey, you know who I like the signing of? Uh, Nerlens Noel. A healthy Robertson? Thunder. A healthy Robertson. That was it's the reason why difference. OKC couldn't beat the Jazz last yeah, year. That, yeah, that's it. You know what I'm going to go Boston Celtics who basically made finals of fucking Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, but Andre Robertson. Oh my God. We couldn't get past the Utah Jazz that without a one-dimensional Carmelo defender. Anthony not being able to hit open shots. That's why they. So that's going to change like, this year. If there's an actual more grab a rebound, a meaningful re-signing, I think that happened. It was Jokic. I think Jokic re-signing with Denver and staying there for that much money. Mm-hmm. He's the best passing big the league's seen in a long, long time. Yeah. And man, Denver's going to be good. I know you. They're one of your favorite teams, Brandon. But I just you know, Porter as well. You know, you have no idea what you're getting out of this guy. Michael but you're Porter also talking. Oh my God, he's going to be so Michael good. Porter Jr. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Michael, Michael Porter, Porter Jr. Jr. So but sorry. potentially, you know, is a number one prospect. Obviously, the back injuries impacted his draft stock on draft day. Dropped the 14th to the Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets losing that last minute heart-crushing game against Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves to solidify the eighth spot in the Western Conference playoffs. So Michael Porter Jr. coming in, that's another superstar that can fit alongside Nikola Jochik and the remaining cast of yep. guys on Denver Nuggets. So yeah, it, it's another team that's on the fence, on the fringe, that could be a playoff team. The Western Conference playoff race next year is shaping up to be one uh, one to definitely remember. Uh, moving down the list, obviously, uh, Javon's boy, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, resigned a one-year $12 million contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. It's hilarious because he got $18 million last year. He's a clutch um, signed athlete. Obviously, LeBron James owns clutch. Let's not fool ourselves here. So he's coming back on a one-year 12 to appease King James and play with him. I, I don't understand the signing. It's another confusing one within the vein of JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All you guys are on one-year deals though, right? Yeah, so yeah. So you see what they're good, doing. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, they just need one year to get rid of people. They just need the one year to bridge the gap until Kawhi Leonard comes. And J.J. Redick re-upping with the Philadelphia 76ers. I think that's underrated. Not 23 million yeah. for one year. He's making more than half of that. Um, so less than half of that, 12 million over one year. But just another veteran presence on the team. Also, the guy averaged 17 points per game last year. 17 points you know, per he, game. That's really good. Very yeah. underrated performance Absolutely. from J.J. Redick. Um, let's also talk about some guys who are still available out there. Let's talk about the restricted 
free agent Clint Capella of the Houston Rockets. Um, they got to max this guy out. Am I am I right, guys? Like they have to give him whatever contract. They got to match can't. any contract, right? They can't. You can. They can go to luxury tax. Like the Oklahoma City Thunder are paying $300 million in the salary this year. They got to bring back Capella regardless. They need to. They need to. I agree. They already said, I think, that they're going to match any offer that's out there. So it just takes another team giving him a max offer. And then. What do you think Jabari Parker's going to get? Apparently, he's going to Chicago. That's what my sources are telling me. That's what your sor- uh, sources, <laughs> unnamed sources. I think I told you that earlier. So. Uh, my source, oh, Christian Graff. Stop naming my sources, guy. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. I think Jabari Parker needs to go to a team where he doesn't. He, he can be the focal point of their offense. You know what I mean? Like he can learn from mistakes. So? The team. Yeah, because he's he, he's like Carmelo Anthony. He's a throwback. He's, he's, he's a, in the shadow of uh, Antetokounmpo right now. G- G- well, what happened was you had Giannis and Jabari Parker, and then Jabari Parker missed so much time, obviously because of the injury. And Giannis just that, that became Giannis's team. And, and Jabari coming came. back, it was kind of difficult to make him part of the, the Giannis-led iteration of the team. So Jabari going to Chicago, Jabari, Jabari going to Chicago, uh, playing with guys like Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkanen. Um, who do they draft this year? Wendell Carter? Yes. Yeah, Wendell, Wendell Carter. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing for Jabari. Um, what do you guys, anything else? Isaiah Thomas, where the fuck is he going to go? Is that going to go? He's going to China. No, I have no idea. Rumored to be going to Orlando. China. I agree. China. Go to China, make a bunch of money. Yeah. Jimmy Fredette style, baby. For sure. Starberry, maybe get Starberry. your own sneaker line. Yeah. Like, what team, honestly, would take that chance? Like, the, the Pelicans need a point guard. <laughs> we were yeah, just what, talking about that. Like, a team that needs uh, a score might take them. It'd be a contender that needs, like, a, like a heat check guy at the bench. And I can't really think of anybody. Like, maybe Philadelphia, but that the doesn't really make much sense to me either. He doesn't view himself as a guy who comes off the bench and is a heat check. The Dwight, the, the Dwight Howard syndrome. He views himself as a max contract getting starting point guard all star. That's who he thinks. He it's is. heartbreaking though what happened to that guy. You we know, should we'll give him big money for one year. Sorry, the, the NBA raped him. <laughs> the Celtics, man. <laughs> the Celtics doctors. I agree, Brandon. It is heartbreaking. We should give him one year deal. Come off the bench. Who who got who offers uh, him the contract? The Raptors nine oh five. No. Oh, it's nine oh five. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Zach Levine's also out there coming off a pretty catastrophic knee injury. Um, definitely He's underrated. Um, I still think he has you know, above average athleticism regardless of the injury. So as He'll a defender, back. he's a competent defender, yeah, good three-point shooter. Um, he finished off the season strong when he did come back. Yeah. He, so he, let's, let's he, see a full season. He's just one of those guys, especially in this weird situation with the salary cap because so many people are throwing money right off the bat and then, you know, you have a, the couple weeks afterwards where people are like trying to pinch their pennies. A similar situation, a guy like Marcus Smart, you know, who's probably going to be looking at seven-digit salary as opposed to the eight-digit. And the same thing with Zach Levine. Mean like I'd be shocked if someone offered him more than twelve million, especially where uh, teams are at right now with salary cap restraints. I mean, I, if anything, it was more like I, I don't know if it was just the fact that it it's the free agency period where they give all their money at the beginning of the free agency. I think it yeah, that's came like, down to more like the fact that when the salary cap was first intro- or first increased so much because of that huge deal, teams splurged. Like the Raptors gave eleven million. No, but I'm million talking about this. Like, 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 let's say Ursa no, Eliasova, though, like three that, or twenty-seven million dollars. Like throwing so much money, so like, like initially off July first, and up until now, teams aren't being patient. There's not a lot of money, a lot of money to go around to guys like you know Zach Levine and Marcus Smart. Also, we got uh, Luke Mabuamute. Obviously, he has to go back to the Houston Rockets with Trevor Reza dipping out. They need to have that sort of lockdown defender at the three position who can drain the open three. And again, in the three-point shooting, Wayne Ellington is out there as well. So there are a couple interesting pieces involved. There's anything last uh, comments you guys want to have about free agency? I'd like to see the Raptors uh, make a, a move for Kevin Love. Uh, well, what like a Baca? Like yes. Oh, I like Fred Van Vliet and like a first. Yeah, Nolan Wright. Yeah, I would. I would. I, and because they're rebuilding, and they wouldn't care to have a shit player like a Baca. Like the Raptors, I think need to make a move if this year if they want to get to the finals. As good as our young guys are and whatever, like their limitations. And I don't disagree with you. The only thing I would say is, doesn't love kind of collapse in the playoffs? Like, isn't that kind of the thing that we we need someone who's really cl- like good and clutch uh, there? I don't know. I to think me, I don't know. He's not sure. kind of the player that will put us over the top. He's definitely not. But we need a third guy, a third yes, option. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, and he would. Be, he would. Unfortunately, we have DeRozan who shit the bed in the playoffs. But because hopefully, he this can't year he can figure team, it out. Right? We were asking him to do too much, and he had very little help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Podcast number 50. Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, thank quite you. Quite the milestone for us. The milestone. Um, on behalf of myself, Greg, Javon, and Christian, I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um, we'll be back periodically throughout the summer. I don't think it'll be a weekly thing. It'll probably be a bi-weekly thing, but definitely tune in. Uh, we'll have some mid-season discussions about basketball, maybe some sport for development conversations as well. Again, you can catch us on SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher, etc., etc., etc. Tune in. I thank you much for tuning in, guys. No pun intended. And have yourself a fantastic rest of your day. Peace out, T Dot.